Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Tracking Mud. My name is Kyle Sayer, and Tracking Mud is a podcast where you can keep up in real time as I navigate starting my first business, City Mud, a pottery studio in Denver, Colorado, alongside my partner and co-founder, Emily. And I would usually say that Emily is not here today and that I am with my good pal, Jasper, and then I would try and think of a bunch of random things to say about Jasper really fast. But that is not the situation we are in today. Jasper is not joining us. And now I get to rattle off a bunch of random things. (laughs) Today's co-host, the charming, the (laughs) wonderful, the brilliant, the thought-provoking, the (laughs) stunning, amazing co-creator, the meat and bones of of city mud itself (laughs) the heart of city mud emily fritz give it up (laughs) laugh this is the clap track not the laugh track (laughs) (laughs) oh welcome emily thank you so much for coming on sure it means the world to me (laughs) um and uh hopefully this sounds good because we've had a little bit of a nightmare uh trying to get two mics set up in the same room and make it all sound okay so if it only sounds okay then you're just gonna have to cut us some slack on this episode i tried to give emily the better sounding microphone in anticipation of uh her doing a little bit more of the talking today um so this has been a long time coming you're the most and only <laughs> requested guest of Tracking Mud. Several people have uh, requested your your presence on this show, and I've been wanting it for a long time, so it's a big deal. Um, and I'm really excited to hear your perspective on a lot of things. But before we get to that, I think it would be nice for everyone to uh, learn a, a little bit about you and your background uh, in art and ceramics and just kind of how it all began for you and, and how you got here. Um, so why, why don't you just take that kind of start wherever you'd like with that, that story and we can kind of piece it along here. Okay. Um, well, I started ceramics when I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore, maybe. And I was already, you know, into art and excited about drawing and sculpture and whatnot. Um, And I always liked pottery. I thought it seemed cool. And I loved the idea of using a wheel, which was like this crazy idea to me to be able to use it. So there was a potter in my town who had classes in his basement and I would go and he taught me to throw his name is Dean White really cool guy and uh I'd come home covered in clay and I'd it was at my lake house so I'd jump 
jump in the water every time afterwards. And uh, I loved it. And then I joined a studio in my hometown in New Jersey, um, Madison Mud. And that was the best because all my friends went and we would make pottery together and just hang out and talk. And we were like the youngest people in the studio by far. And that was pretty funny because we were kind of like funky high schoolers and we were with these like 30 year old women who were talking about their love lives and we thought oh, it was really fun. I was imagining like 75 year old women. <laughs> no, it was like a lot of like 30 year olds and 40 year olds and uh, yeah, they were cool. So a couple things to unpack there. One being that it is kind of funny that we named uh, yeah. it City Mud because you were going to your your house on the on the lake in New York and washing all the mud off. But then you also said in the past that you would take clay from the bed, from the mud of oh, that lake. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, we would, um, me and my cousins and stuff, we would scavenge in the lake for clay and then we'd make little little bowls and stuff we put out in the sun to dry and they were filled with like grass and sticks and stuff so fun it was fun i I have an absolute dream of of harvesting some clay from the cliffs of martha's vineyard where i spent a lot of summers growing up and uh and firing something from there i don't know how you would determine what level what cone yeah, I don't. <laughs> that would be tricky, but it would take some experimentation. That would be a really fun, like clay foraging adventure. So cool! Be really awesome. Yeah, or if we could even just get some local insight as to some of the Rocky Mountain clay. Yeah, that's out here, and and forage some, and just get some insight from other people who have done it in the past, and find out how they fired it or something. Mm-hmm. You know, if I try and make sure we're not going to break our kiln. Before we uh, before we do it, but yeah. uh, that okay. So that was one thing with the the foraging clay. But the other thing being uh, that you guys had this as your hangout spot, and there was a total sense of community, which is something that we're totally trying to recreate here. Which I had never really thought about in that sense. Uh, that that you've already had that experience, and that's probably a, a lot of what's guiding your vision. I don't know. Uh, for what City Mud will be? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely in some sense. um, I think that pottery studios often are these like fun community spaces. And I really loved that in high school. It was a great place for me to be, place to hang out. I could like go whenever I wanted. And I met a bunch of people and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't something you necessarily would expect to get in every form of art, right? Yeah, I think um, pottery kind of lends itself to a a social space. Um, And maybe that's because it's more functional artwork than it is, um, you know, fine art kind of (laughs) heady stuff. Right, totally in your own world, making something completely... I don't know, completely independent. And yeah, I, the the fact that you're 
everyone's making a generally similar structure with a different style makes it a little bit more easy to yeah. maybe share that experience yeah. with people. And I think like the best studios are the ones where there's a space where you can be social and you can go there to talk with people and learn from people and hang out. But then, you know, if you want to be really doing your own thing and in your own zone, you can do that too. So Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about how in all the spaces we've looked at it, I always imagine, you know, a bunch of wheels all together for classes mm-hmm. and then a few wheels kind of off in random corners of the studio so that you have the option to not have anyone next to you when you're throwing if the whole studio is open you know you might yeah. not get that option but uh, just to give people who want to kind of lock in in their own space yeah totally I think um I actually remember one time in high school I was throwing and like all my pots were wiggly and they hadn't been wiggly and I was like what is happening and I talked to my teacher and she was like, it's because you're not paying attention. You're just talking to Caroline. It's all you're doing. <laughs> so that can definitely happen, but it's worth it, I think, to mess yeah. up a pot, to like have a fun time. Or maybe right. you won't mess up a butt and you'll still be able to talk, but I'm not super good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And the thing with the wiggly pots is oh. once it's not spinning around on a wheel, it's much harder to tell that it was a wiggly pot you know i feel like i could drink out of a wiggly mug and not oh, realize. Yeah. you wouldn't you would not believe the wiggles i began with like tornado looking bulls like crazy town bulls that's <laughs> where i began my mom was like it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'm pretty sure my mom has a uh a bowl or a little like container jar thing <laughs> that's supposed to be like a bluebird that I made. In, no. I don't know, middle school or something. That's <laughs> like the absolute where it looks like it was, it was probably was made by a 10 year old and it looks like it was made by a four year old. <laughs> but she, as moms do, just loved it and would never get rid of it. I'm sure she still has it. That's awesome. I just fired your first bowl yesterday. No way. Yeah, I glazed it. Yeah, she won't. Emily won't get rid of my first bowl that I threw on her on her wheel. Is derpy little. Your first bowl is so much better than my first bowl. I don't have mine, but I just know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is cool to keep that. It'll be a fun reference point. Yeah. I I I wanted to toss it. I'm keeping so it forever. It's very sweet. <laughs> okay, so carrying on with kind of your your story of your artistic endeavors you graduated high school and then where are we going from there um from there i went to kenyan college which is a very very small (laughs) school in the middle of ohio and i initially went there to study english And when I got there, I kind of realized that wasn't the path I wanted to take. And I became an art major. Um, And it was nice. At Kenyon, we didn't have to pick a discipline, which some people think is a bad move, which kind of it is because you leave and you're like, 
I know how to do a little bit of everything and a lot of nothing. (laughs) 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 But I think it was good for me because I tried a lot of different things and liked a lot of different things. And um, I went abroad to an art school in Scotland and did sculpture there, which was really exciting. And I think that was for me the the time when I was like, oh, sculpture is really exciting to me. And maybe that's like the discipline I most identify with, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it's interesting. I think in a, I think in typical college setting, you don't pick your major for your first year or two, and then you find your focus area. So you might be in the school of engineering, say, and then your sophomore or junior year, you choose your discipline within that. So it's interesting that they just never had you choose your discipline. Yeah, it's a wild move. Like, um, I think a lot of schools don't do it that way. Um, But I ended up doing like a very um, multidisciplinary piece, I guess, uh, for my thesis which I don't think I would have done if I had been kind of directed into a discipline. Right. So that was good for me. Right. Um, which included clay. Yeah. Which included clay. So I think, um, I went to, I went to Scotland. I did sculptures in the sculpture program. And when I came back to Kenyon, I felt like I was a sculptor. Like that was my thing. Nice. Um, So, Making sculpture out of every, out of everything, not just yeah. ceramic or oh, anything yeah. like that. And no, my first sculpture was made out of eggshells, which was <laughs> a really wild concept and so gross. To me. <laughs> um, it's a fragile sculpture. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Kenyon didn't have a ceramics program, which was a bummer, definitely. But we did have a craft center, which was like this little barn on the edge of campus where you could take pottery classes and eventually like an independent uh, membership, like what we'll have. And so I did that every year and it was so sick because you could go at like 2 a.m. if you wanted. So I would like always go in there after um, night and just hang out or throw or bring my friends in. And um, it was really sweet. Yeah. It definitely could have, I think I would have benefited from a ceramics teacher in college or something of the sort, but I still got to do it, which was exciting. And then um, our senior year, the second half of the the year is kind of devoted to your thesis. And I decided I wanted to do something with ceramics in that and uh, was lucky enough that our our studio shop tech uh, at the time, Morgan, was a potter. He's an amazing potter. And he let me use his wheel. And I, like, totally, like, covered this one classroom in clay over spring break because all the art majors stayed. And I, like, destroyed <laughs> the classroom. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> but that was awesome. And... Yeah, and that was the first time that I'd ever used clay in a kind of like an 
artistic way not just making functional ceramics but thinking about it as like a a means to make a piece of art and that was super inspiring and exciting to me and uh i think kind of jolted me into thinking oh i want to do clay when i graduate and that's kind of yeah what happened you're, you're talking about your thesis yeah mm-hmm. can you explain a little bit about what what that was, at least what the clay part was or the whole thing, whatever you're comfortable talking yeah. about. But. Um, it was a series of seven drawings that were, um, it's so funny to describe, um, that were drawn with my eyes closed. They were like these scans of my body um, that I would draw. So I didn't really have influence over what the shapes would be. Um, but then I'd kind of like go with it and uh, draw. I drew them with like a stippling technique, like a bunch of tiny dots. And then uh, I made these like sound compositions that were um, like pieces of my life at school. So like the sound of my footprints, the sound of my friends laughing, the sound of me singing because I did a lot of singing in college. And uh, I like put those together so there were also, there were, I think, five of them. And then each of the sounds were on a speaker that went inside of a ceramic um, kind of like nest, is how I would describe it. it was yeah. Like a, an, a, an oval kind of thingy. <laughs> and it hung from the ceiling. So you would put your, your ear up to the ceramic um, orb nest and then you could hear the sound. So you'd hear it as you were looking at the pieces. So it was like a whole, I don't know, mixed media, the the viewers involved in the piece kind of thing. Yeah, such a cool concept. The a couple things on on those orbs is that the little nests is uh one is that even even in a fine art sense, as this was much more of an artistic piece than a a practical piece it still mm-hmm. was practical in that it was holding yeah. a speaker and containing the sound and everything uh, yeah which is definitely and then also do you still have any of those oh i got them all yeah yeah they're in the basement nice <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen one yeah i'll show you um wow well awesome i'm glad and maybe i'll try i don't know if this is possible but if i can put it a link in the show notes i will uh, in like the description of the podcast to try and get you to uh, be able to s- see these these pieces that Emily's describing. Um, or if not, what is just emilyfritz.com or emilybfritz.com? I think it's em- emilyfritz.net. <laughs> Emily Fritz with an E, F-R-I-T-Z-E dot net. And you can see uh, that whole that whole piece. So... Cool. Um, (laughs) Okay, so you left college with a little bit of kind of inspiration in ceramics and had fun. Oh, one other thing I wanted to comment on was having that experience in that in that basement or no, in the the barn um, Mm -hmm. at Kenyon and being able to go whenever you wanted, go at two thirty in the morning and and mess around and stuff like that. That is. Also, another thing that I'm sure, whether you are aware of it or not, uh, played in a role in 
your vision for the studio that we're starting. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's pretty cool. You know, as you're telling, and a lot of this stuff I already know uh, as far as your general story, but hearing it all in sequence <laughs> right now, it's interesting to kind of piece together the little bits of inspiration that led to the vision that is currently City Mud. Yeah, it's it's actually funny. Um, I remember when I decided I wanted to do pottery in high school, I was so psyched on it. I was like, I didn't even know what you called it. I called it potting. <laughs> <laughs> Telling my friends, I was like, potting's going to be so cool. It's going to be the best. And I like, had this really strong feeling about it. And I just think it's funny when you remember things like that and then they end up being important. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only kid who didn't take ceramics in high school. I'm obviously regretting it right now. <laughs> but also, I just I took a lot of like music and film classes instead because I just didn't see myself as talented in the physical arts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or it just wasn't, you know, yeah. it didn't click with me. I wasn't naturally inspired or doing anything that I thought was, you know, worthy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and I love and still love, but, you know, was so inspired by music. So yeah, I leaned that way a little bit. Not that I was in band or anything either, but. Um, Were you in band? In middle school, I was in band. Yeah. And then, yeah, not in high school. Uh, okay, so let's, let's keep cruising to after college. What, what, what got you from college to to where you are now? Well, I actually, when I was still in college, I emailed this potter, Helen Levy, who this work I loved and still love. And I was like, hey, are you hiring? Do you need someone? And she was super nice. She said, no, she wasn't, but like check back in maybe later. So I didn't think much of it. And I ended up moving to New York to work for a different sculptor um tom Sachs, who does like really crazy giant wooden sculptures that are very funky and um kind of like diy stuff and i worked for him for a little while but it wasn't a great fit <laughs> and i was gonna leave new york because i i didn't really like it and i didn't have a job and i was like Ugh. um and then i emailed helen levy again and i was like hey are you hiring now? And she said, yes. And so I came in for an interview and she hired me and I became one of her studio assistants. I was me, her and one other girl, Gwen. And it was awesome. We, I did a lot of shipping for her and I also did a lot of glazing and like general studio tasks and kind of got to see what it was like to run a production studio and working for her really helped me. I'm not naturally a uh, perfectionist. I'm kind of, I can like really, you know, I'm not always super thorough. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah. Well, working for her really helped me like understand how to fully complete a piece of ceramics and like be intentional about everything. Yeah. Cause when you're selling something, it, it kind of has to be pretty close to perfect yeah 
So. Oh my God. The things that Helen sells that she sells as seconds. Oh. Um, I can't even. It's crazy. To the untrained eye, it's like impossible to find what she would deem an unworthy piece. So. Yeah. Right. That's that's pretty cool that she set that standard. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely did. And she certainly set a standard in packing technique. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. I can which, pack anything. Yeah. You pack like crazy, <laughs> which is smart. You know, yeah. You have to be careful with ceramics, you know. For sure. But yeah, it was a great experience working for her. And I only left because COVID came and uh i only worked a few days a week and i lost my second job was a covid and i was like ah so um i left new york entirely and before you left new york you were also throwing oh yeah 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 somewhere else right yeah i was um i was a studio tech at this community um pottery center in manhattan and i would go and help people with their projects and reclaim clay and do stuff like that. Right. Which was awesome. Right. Yeah. And it's exactly, again, something that we're planning to instill into our studio, which would be a work exchange type mm -hmm. thing where you get a membership uh, for free or discounted, depending on, you know, what you're able to give as far as uh, time to helping maintain the studio. And yeah, and we've talked about how God, that just sounds like the biggest nightmare in the world, trying yeah. to run a studio in New York City with rent cost and You're everything. Carrying your pieces home on the subway is so scary. Yeah. Everything about it. <laughs> such high stakes. Yeah. And I think that year that I was working for Helen and I was around um, the Manny Canner studio, which is what it was called, um, it was really helpful just to be around other potters. And to talk to them and get their advice and hear about artists they were interested in and what they did and what type of clay they liked best. And all of that was so valuable. Right. It feels like both of those two experiences, while you had lots of experience in ceramics before you moved to New York, it feels like those two things were what really solidified your confidence in, in your ability to be a potter, but also in kind of having enough knowledge uh to manage a studio of your own yeah yeah i think um that year was when i realized that ceramics was really a direction i wanted to continue with it wasn't just like a hobby it was important to me yeah and uh something i thought could maybe be a career in some sense but i didn't know how um and yeah, the other thing about ceramics, which is so cool, is th there's so much to it and there's so many directions and you can spend, I think, truly your whole life learning about it. Like there are just so many different things you can do with clay. Totally. And I think that makes it, you know, endlessly exciting. I, it feels like you could spend your whole life just concocting glazes. Yeah, and figuring out different ways that different glazes respond and different ways to mix them and do all crazy stuff. Yeah. And there's like different, you know, someone who's maybe more, I don't know, science minded might really like glaze chemistry. And then someone who 
is more free-flowing artistic might want to just do hand building stuff and you know i think there's like a corner for almost everyone right which is just it's so cool it's such a malleable medium literally (laughs) and (laughs) figuratively yeah no totally you you could make something there then those are feel like the two extremes what you just said like kind Mm -hmm. of fine art hand building pieces and then you know being a chemist with glazes (laughs) but then the majority of people fall in the middle which is where you're making something pretty technical and practical like uh, a bowl or a mug or a vase or a plate or something you know that's got function but then also you still have complete creative control over it how big it is what shape it is yeah. Uh, what glaze you're going to use on it you know what even what kind of clay you're going to use on it uh so there, there's still so much even in the more practical pieces there's still so much room for creativity yeah yeah absolutely and um i mean while i'm while i'm on it i think when i was the studio tech at that in new york at that studio there was this group of like old older people who came and they were like a total click there were like four of them and they only talked to each other and they like would hang out after class and stay late and like knew everything and uh um, do you guys have a name for them <laughs> no but i should have actually one time they all left and i i was there cleaning up and i heard one of them go i like emily <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <awesome."> <laughs> but i like through this like big jar or something on the wheel and then I picked it up and it it like slipped and just fell onto the ground and I I couldn't help it and I was like oh oh no and I kind of exclaimed and this old guy who like truly would only throw the wiggliest pots I've ever seen like giant crazy pots was like it's just mud you're fine and it was true. It like, you know, I think that's one thing ceramics definitely teaches you is like you're gonna mess up. Yeah. Like, things will be ruined and it's not the end of the world. What is that thing that you have hanging in what does that little sign in your room say? Oh, yeah, it's this Nathaniel Russell poster. Um, my friend Alana uh gave it to me. It says, Start over. You can if you want, no biggie. <laughs> And like, yeah, it's so true. That's it right there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's And I mean, you truly can in that, even that clay that you just knocked off the wheel can be reclaimed and yeah. reused. So mm-hmm. it, is, it is truly okay to um, just scrap something. Yeah, and I think that it doesn't have to be this way, but I think with a lot of arts things, there's this emphasis on like really trying to do everything perfectly and like get it to be exactly what you want it to be. And, you know, you don't want to screw up your painting and do it again. But I think that with anything, but especially with clay, it's so important and freeing to be like, I can mess up and I can fail and that's fine. And I'll start again and I'll be better for it in some way, even if I don't really know how yet. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, there are a lot of a 
a lot of things about ceramics that separate it from other art forms. Not that I'm super educated on all the art forms or have experience in them, but that just anybody could see um, mm -hmm. that really just seem to be unique to ceramics in that way. And that's definitely one of them. Yeah. And, you know, I think ceramics, like woodworking, it straddles the line between like art and craft. Uh -huh. And I think that's a really cool place to be because oh you're saying woodworking and ceramics yeah they both that kind line. of do it yeah mm -hmm. um do my favorite things yeah and there i think it's it's exciting because you know usually ceramics is functional it's functional wear same with wood yeah um but it can also be a totally all weird art thing if you want it to be and so in that way it's like a great bridge for people to get into art who don't necessarily like see themselves as artists or creatives totally it's just like oh i'm a maker and then in just doing craft i think you know you are making art like totally and that's you know a loose definition but like i think of mugs and chairs as art and i don't know but it's it's exciting yeah yeah i mean i'm exhibit a there where like <laughs> i i wouldn't have ever called myself an artist and uh but the closest thing maybe other than music but mm -hmm. the closest thing that i ever was to an artist was working on the wood lathe where like, yeah. you have total creative control and you start out with well most people don't start out with this but i would <laughs> i would start out with a literal log from my parents wood pile yeah and then turn it into something cool yeah and i considered that kind of my art um and I, i'm really looking forward to hopefully being able to combine those two art yeah and, totally and use the wood lathe uh to join with ceramic pieces and make some hybrid stuff mm -hmm. uh, which is totally inspired by sean fenway clay works on instagram right? yeah yeah uh this just amazing artist in denver that's been kind to us and uh he makes just the most beautiful lamps i've ever seen in my life yeah, he is so good and much other stuff that combines wood and I, he doesn't turn the wood someone else does mm -hmm. it's not cream modern i think oh, is the, okay. uh, is the instagram there we go um okay so you left new york and then there's some in between limbo oh, and yeah. you end up out in denver uh -huh. unless it fill fill in if there's anything I'm uh, here but yeah. well, i think that's what what's important really uh and then clay <laughs> <laughs> uh and then you end up deciding once you've been out in Denver for a little while that you want to focus on ceramics uh, to make a shift. Not that you're only going to do ceramic art, but mm -hmm. you, you decided you wanted to really start doing ceramics a little more seriously and maybe yeah. stuff you're going to sell and stuff like that. And then that's where you started searching for studios. And then that's how we landed at the, the beginning of city mud where where you were touring the art gym which which we've covered in episode two of this podcast yeah oh i like that phrase landed at the beginning that's cool <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, yeah, but that's true. I was searching around. I found a studio in Aurora that was sweet and nice, which is far away. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, and then the seed was was planted, and then we were going to do it, and now we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and something that's become very apparent as we have uh, been looking for spaces is I understand why everyone else is in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there the temptation is very real when you're looking at spaces to be like, I could just be 10 more minutes that way, 15 more minutes that way. And then all of a sudden there's a plethora of spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's just so easy to be like, well, what if we were in Aurora or Lakewood or whatever? But yeah. it's what everyone else did and almost and and uh so we've had to be very firm in our stance to be a Denver pottery studio. Yeah, I think our name kind of keeps us in check. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We can't be city mud in the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be suburb mud. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Um, yeah. Well, okay, then I guess that kind of catches us up to the present. Yeah. And really what I what I want to talk about here is man, I really just want to, I really just want to hear about kind of how this is all felt and what, the, what the process has been like from your perspective. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast has heard more than they probably ever should have <laughs> about how it's felt for me, <laughs> um, especially the past couple episodes. But uh, I guess let's start with the beginning of making the decision. Oh, yeah. And and what was that decision making process like for you? I, I've talked about it on the podcast, how mm -hmm. I felt about it and how I was pretty quick to jump into the yes, but I really didn't want to make you feel like. <laughs> you have to say yes, but be completely open and honest about it and, and any influence that I may have had or anything like that uh, in, in deciding you wanted to do this with me. Yeah. Um, well, I think when I said it to you in the car, I was like, this guy said I should open a pottery studio. Ha, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> ha. I said that to you and you were like, yeah, well, could we do it? Should we do it? <laughs> I was like, oh God. Weren't really expecting that response. No, I didn't. I did not think about it. Um and I went home and I was like, um, that would be crazy if we did that. And I think it was fun to think about, you know, like, oh, this is an exciting prospect, but it didn't feel like something real um, it still doesn't feel real sometimes yeah, <laughs> that is true for sure but it also you know it was like i've never done anything in business i don't know i mean now i kind of know but like i didn't know how to get into that at all like had truly no clue where to begin and we had only been dating for like three months. If that. If that. Um, I mean, I'd known you for longer, but it was new. Everything was new. Yep. I had kind of just moved to Denver. 
You had really just moved to Denver. Yeah, I had moved to Denver like a month prior, maybe. Probably not even, actually. Yeah, and it. Um, I was like, I can't tell my parents. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Um, it was a crazy thing to tell people. Yeah, it was. Tell but, people that we were dating and then also tell people that we were starting a business. I know. It was, it was really a double, a double jump. I was so confident that, you know, I was, I was so confident in dating you that, cause that, that had been, you know, even though it was a new relationship, it had been sort of a long time coming and, and, um, I was so confident in that aspect that the, I was so confident in that aspect that the decision for the studio felt completely separate. It didn't, it didn't feel like too much too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think your confidence really helped me feel more confident in it. Right. And then I don't know. And then I was just like, well, might as well, you know, might as well take a leap. Yeah. Um, and it just began to feel right. And then, and then it was like, well, if an opportunity arrives to you, even if it seems insane, maybe you're just supposed to take it. Right. So that was kind of my mindset. It felt like such an opportunity to me that I was like, if, if I get the opportunity to do this and you're willing to do it, I have to try it. Yeah. And I think, um, it's easier to think about the business failing than it is to think about not doing it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And we kept reiterating that, you know, even if it didn't work out and even if we backed out later because we realized we were in over our heads mm-hmm. or something, we would have gained so much along the way Yeah, in, in just learning so much about what it does take and all these other things that I was really excited to learn anyways. So I knew in my mind, for what I wanted to get out of it, it was a win-win. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, it, it made me <laughs> a little bit of a shame that my confidence maybe gave you some false confidence. No, but. no, I don't. I don't think it was false confidence. I think it was. I think it was good. It's not like you seemed into it, and so I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> right, sure." That's um, what I, exactly what I was hoping to not do. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. You were very timid about it you were like we could but no pressure <laughs> right um but i don't know it, it helped you feeling good about it maybe helped me feel good about it and then i was like yeah this is this is what i want yeah yeah and man that was just uh the first test of of many of our I don't even know if a test is the right word, but I mean, the amount of things that throughout this process have come up that have made us learn something about ourselves or about each other or our dynamic, it's like, it, it just really, um, it feels like this whole process really strips you down and shows you who you are and who, you know, your co-founder is and you know, your habits, your ability to stay on task and mm-hmm. get things done. And then, yeah, I mean, it's totally exposed a lot about our relationship. And, you know, it's probably led to some hard conversations that maybe would have taken 
many more years to have surfaced but <laughs> we're making massive decisions together and yeah. you know we know everything about each other's <laughs> financial life and yeah. just like we need to know it need to be completely <laughs> transparent and all of those types of things yeah um yeah it was really funny that one day i was at your house and there was like a silence and you were like so what are your student loans <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh yeah okay. we're about to go and do a lot more debt so i need to know how much debt you're already <laughs> in <laughs> um yeah i mean i think we kind of I mean, we definitely took a gamble in trying to do this together. Yeah. But I think it's working. And we're really lucky that seemingly thus far, our styles of communication and work ethic and all of those things you need to be business partners is working out, you know, with tweaks and communication. But we could have been really not aligned in that sense. And that would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think generally we're a couple with good communication in general with our relationship. And and so having that basis for the business is helpful as well. Yeah. Remember Um, when you thought our identities had been stolen? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was a bad day. Oh, my God. I don't think I ever talked about that on the podcast. I think that might have been like. I, I I might have. I honestly can't remember at this point, but no, because that was that did, was in November, yeah. right? Yeah. That was when we were buying the credit card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I came to your house, you were flat on the floor, panicking. <laughs> I called American Express and was giving them all this information for us to get a business credit card, and then all of a sudden realized I didn't think I was talking to a real American Express person and they were showing a lot of behavior that I was reading into in that it might, you know, they might be conning me. And I had already given us, given them Emily, both Emily and I's social security number, banking info, like everything. I was freaking out and, and all I, I'm trying to remember the details, but multiple things kept i was like doing checks yeah. and multiple things kept pointing toward it was not real yeah the people i was talking to that was bad and uh because then i called like a different american express number and it sounded way more professional and legit and like organized and i was like oh no oh no who did i just give all that to but we got those credit cards and yeah. we bought two films with them. So yeah. uh, they work. Yeah. But yes, that was a serious, uh, scary moment. And yeah. And then, you know, I don't know. There, there have been a lot of things that have come up. I mean, I get, uh, I get really stressed about a lot of the things that we're deciding on. And then um, I can get really really serious when I'm talking and uh, I don't know, I've, I've had to learn the more effective ways to communicate issues or frustrations with you when, you know, I want mm-hmm. you to do something different or, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know, I guess conflict resolution maybe. Yeah. Has come up. 
that figuring just figuring out how to work with each other yeah no totally i think it's a you know it's a dance yeah like in any relationship or you know partnership or friendship or anything but um i think it being a dual relationship you know us dating and then also running a business together it's just everything is more confusing but um in a good way yeah but there's more to there's more to navigate there's more to figure out yeah yeah and i've never struggled with turning off my work brain in my other jobs because i don't really care about those jobs usually (laughs) and so as soon as i'm done working i'm done working and i like literally forget i have a job a lot of the time (laughs) uh but with this it's there's no working hours it's it's all on us to do everything and if you're not doing it it's not getting done Mm -hmm. and that just adds a lot more stress and definitely had to um you know carve out some time to give myself a pass or to just be like we're just hanging out and yeah not doing any pottery stuff tonight and to just you know it's it's i we're hoping that when we have a more scheduled routine in the studio with our work generally we can set more more general guidelines on you know after dinner we don't talk about the studio or something like that mm-hmm. which is hard right now because there's just no structure to what we're doing we're just trying to do everything at once yeah and it's like you know most people come home to their partner and they're like how was your day what are you thinking about and right. it's like my day was good i was with you and we were doing work for the business and i'm thinking about the business yeah <laughs> and then i feel like sometimes not all the time but sometimes we'll be like okay we're not going to talk about the business and then i'm like well that's it like i saw a duck <laughs> and there's a funny dog over there should we talk about that <laughs> yeah right it's like the business is the only thing on my mind right now yeah yeah and I do think that that will fade with time as we get more used to running the business and it becomes more routine. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll still be on our mind a lot, but it won't be the hopefully the only thing thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And also like we're going to be, I think, who knows, but in different lanes in the studio, kind of doing our own thing. Yep. So I think there will be more to talk about that we don't already know right right now we're working on a lot of the same tasks Mm -hmm. and soon eventually we'll have kind of parallel paths that yeah yeah will make it easier to not overlap as much yeah yeah i mean i don't even know if we want to talk about this we can we can uh cut this out if you want but um we were thinking about taking an apartment together. This oh, kind yeah. of good opportunity popped up, and we both just decided that it was too much. Yeah. You know, if if we hadn't been starting a business, I, I think we both agreed that we probably would be ready to 
make that decision and move in together. And it's financially a sound decision to share an apartment mm-hmm. and everything it makes sense and would be something that typically that we'd want. But right now that little bit of space is pretty critical. Yeah, I think, I think definitely. And just like adding one more layer of seriousness to our relationship of all of a sudden being roommates and yeah. business owners. And it's a lot. Partners. Just. Yeah. I think I think we made the right call on that one. Yeah, we would have um, the exact same life almost. I mean, we both have jobs still, but. Yeah. And it's also, you know, I keep reminding myself that as we begin with the studio, we don't know about how it's going to go. You know, we have these plans and we have an intention and a mission, but everything always gets all weird. It's just life. And we don't really know how it's going to feel or how it's going to go. And I think that it made things feel a lot less stressful, not knowing that we were not going to be living together in the beginning. Right. For me. Right. And I'm sure for you too. Yeah. Right. We were seeing it as a good thing up until that opportunity to have that nice apartment popped up. Mm-hmm. We were like, this is good that we yeah. don't live together. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we stuck with that decision. Yeah. Yeah. What other uh, parts of the process are you interested in talking about? Um, like, do you have, just have anything that you want to share as far as something that's been uh interesting or difficult or fun or you know just uh i don't know i want to i want to give you some freedom to choose choose what (laughs) you want to talk about as far as this whole process um yeah i think i think something that was interesting i'm sure you can speak to this is realizing what we would miss if one of us was doing this alone like I couldn't, neither of us could do this without the other, but sometimes I think about like when you got square or stripe or whatever we're using, I was like, I wouldn't have gotten that. And then I wouldn't have had a money thing. Like just the things that we prioritize. The way that you just said that (laughs) (laughs) says it all. (laughs) Square or stripe or whatever. We wouldn't have had a money thing. (laughs) Yeah, we'd be doomed. Oh, so funny. You know, if it was just you, like, I don't know, maybe you'd make a beautiful website, but I feel like there would be things that would be also... We'd have a shitty website. (laughs) We'd have a shitty website and we'd have a studio run by someone who doesn't know... (laughs) anything about ceramics (laughs) would be a nightmare i wouldn't know what we needed i wouldn't even know how to build my inventory list of projections of stuff we needed i would have had to hire someone yeah to manage the studio and to help me build it out to know everything we need which yeah no impossible i mean yeah i wouldn't have known half the things we needed and i think that you know that's what's so cool about having a partner in any kind of business endeavor, it's like uh, everyone has blind spots yeah. and everyone thinks about things differently. And I think in our case, it's been really, really important <laughs> to have both sides of the coin. Totally. Because it's, 
it's like almost comical how you are so the like numbers entrepreneur entrepreneur person and i'm like definitely the artist like what is this gonna look like how's it gonna feel you know yeah which is also good because you not caring about the business part of it too much i mean you of course want the business to be successful but you not necessarily worrying about that too much also helps keep me in line and just the general vision of our business in line uh with our mission and our goals and keeps it all kind of about the craft and about the community that we're trying to create and everything like that uh and that's super important yeah yeah you only make the decisions that are sound business decisions the whole way there's a very high chance you're going to veer off path Mm -hmm. uh from from what you originally wanted and you will veer off path inevitably yeah oh yeah regardless of of that but but you could veer way off path and end up starting you know if if all of a sudden we found that the best money was in you know summer camps of ages four to seven (laughs) and that's the best way to make money then we just completely leaned into that and now we run a summer camp that's pottery studio yeah that would be a different uh It'd be a different ballgame. Yeah. So that's huge. That's a, that's a, a huge. Um, that's something that I'm grateful that you bring is that pure artistic vision. Thanks. Um, and, you know, not that I'm like, not that I would be doing that, you know, turning our, our studio into a summer camp without it but i'm more prone to thinking without business mind and yeah we're like a venn diagram yeah yeah we can draw it sometime yeah um you know i think we could talk about what um like what what is it about city mud that makes you excited or like why do you really want to do it yeah i love that yeah Okay. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, well, I love thinking of being a local small business and helping support Denver's economy and, um, and just having this awesome community of awesome people that we've created and people that we've met and that whole thing of just being a a part of the community being solidly ingrained into the culture of denver and influencing it and and contributing to it and you know right now i'm just a remote worker um who just lives in denver you know yeah to bring something to denver feels awesome and uh to have started a business that's related to the arts just feels awesome. Uh, I, I, it just feels really great to have started something uh, that feels good. Um, that's not just a business that is, I started because I think it was a good business idea. 
it's something that I'm actually interested in. And uh, it's just really the actual service that we're providing is really exciting to me yeah. to be able to do that. And uh, I'm really just excited to hang out in the studio and have it be <laughs> yeah. our own and yeah. get to know all the people that are coming there and just have this cool neighborhood vibe um, at the studio and and to get good at pottery and start making a bunch of stuff of my own and kind of finding my own style and mm -hmm. my own stuff that I really like and really like almost for the first time in my life, like really diving into an art form and what speaks to me. And that yeah. stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to that part of it. Just get to spend a lot of time just hanging out, making stuff. Yeah. I think it'll be great. I'm excited to see your pot someday. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are the the big things for me. It, really, in no particular order, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pretty equally excited about all of those aspects. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Well, I think that you know, I know the impact that ceramics has had on my life, and I don't know what it's taught me, and how it's made me feel and I'm excited to be creating this space that will allow other people to have experiences like that and and learn to love clay and and I don't know to to be a space where people want to go and people are excited to be there and it feels homey and it feels like theirs that's really that sounds really good. Totally. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, I kind of touched on it before, but clay really does, it really does, uh, really does teach us some some things, you know. Um, oh yeah. Like really, when you're throwing and you're really in it, you can't think about anything else because you're just so laser focused. It's like such a good example of the like flow state thing. Right. Um, and just like, you know, having the time to kind of turn your brain off and just be focused on one thing and be really present in it is such a valuable thing. You know, it's like meditating. I was, you just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I say it's been really hitting me how realizing how meditating is anytime you're in the flow state. It's just about focusing on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, and a flow state, for people who don't know, is is basically this sort of phenomenon when you're really focused in on something and you kind of forget about everything else that's happening in the world around you and you, you completely uh, lose any sense of time and um, anything like that and uh, you're just completely dialed in on whatever you're doing. And, and this happens a lot in art um, with artists getting caught up in a piece and, and staying up all night but i also you know hear people talking about things that are reminiscent of flow state in in exercise and rock climbing and all different types of stuff um would you say that's a, a fair description yeah um yeah well i guess back on on topic is there anything else you're looking forward to with regards to the studio yeah, I'm um I'm definitely looking forward to 
this studio being this space where people want to come and learn and share and not just take classes and learn from their teachers, but want to share their knowledge and skills and what they're working on and what they're excited about with the other people in the studio. I think that that happens a lot and it's such a gift. And um, yeah, it's not, it's, would you say that that's a trend in, in ceramics that kind of like, uh, everybody help everybody type mentality? Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, in my experience, every community studio I've ever been a part of, it's felt like people really there supporting each other and, you know, walking around the studio being like, that's an awesome mug. How'd you do that? What's that glaze? You right. know, and there's still room for people to be alone and really focused on what they're doing and in their own zone. But if you want to share and you want to be in community with people, you can definitely do that in a ceramic studio. And I love that about them. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because it's, I wonder if that has to do with it being a kind of technical art form, because I think if you, went to someone who was really good at painting and just said, wow, I love your painting. How'd you do that? They'd be yeah, like, it's a little different. I don't know. I, I just did it. I like it was much less strict technique you could give where it's or step by step. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. But, um, you know, if you were talking to someone about their woodworking and you said, how'd they do that? They could tell you because it's a much more structured process. Yeah. Yeah. Than than a more fine arts, I guess, or more strictly, I don't know. Fine arts is a spectrum, but like I would consider painting further on the fine arts end of the spectrum than yeah. ceramics. I, no, I would definitely say that's that's true. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. I mean, I'm sure we'll finish this interview and think of five more things we're excited about but um yeah well we can um we can wrap it up for sure we're we're well at our time by now um yeah one other thing that we didn't talk about when we were talking about the the kind of dichotomy of our personalities was just the fact that you haven't gotten to do any (laughs) any part of what your designated job is in the studio yet um, because there hasn't been any studio management work to be done yet. Uh, you've pretty much been stuck doing all the business work with me uh, this entire time. I wanted to give you props for that because oh, you've been really uh, pushing yourself into something that doesn't necessarily interest you and um, have more than pulled your weight. And it's, yeah, means the world to me. I couldn't have done it without you. Thanks. I guess you, you've showed your studio tech expertise in coming up with all of our inventory lists and everything like that. But, um, yeah, a lot of it's just been, you know, behind the scenes, businessy, yeah, kind of boring is. stuff. <laughs> it's not boring. It's, it's, it's different. But I'm I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah. I don't want to do it forever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good for now. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll balance that out much better once we have a studio to take care of. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on. This was the best. Thanks for having me. Um, anytime, literally (laughs) anytime I will, (laughs) you could walk in mid podcast with Jasper and say, I want to jump in and I'd let you, you are open invite to tracking mud anytime you want. Um, it, it is so special to me that you, you came on, um, for this episode. So thank you. (laughs) And, uh, and thank you to everybody that's listening. Uh, we, we love and appreciate you guys and, um, all the support that Emily and I've had thus far in our journey. It's just been really amazing. It has. And we don't take it for granted. We're constantly thinking about how how lucky we are to have so many people who have our back and want to see us succeed. So um, thank you to all of you. And with that, I think we can wrap this one up and sign off. Thank you all for tuning in. Bye. Bye.